Before we get into today's episode, we'd just like to chat with you about a few things. First, most of the content on this podcast is our opinion, and we don't really do extensive research before the episodes. Second, you may not agree with our opinion, but that's okay. Friendly reminder that you're choosing to listen to this. You can choose not to agree. We still love you anyways. Now, without further ado, let's fuck small talk. That glow. I see you. I mean, it, no, it's this grease from last night. Like it's, just... <laughs> it's, a, it's not glow, it's a reflection. <laughs> yeah, my hair's really shiny right now and gross. Anyways. Um, Do we want Okay, to... yeah, I feel like we can say who you are now so that we've been yammering on for 20 minutes. Yeah, but basically that's how the, the podcast goes on a good day. Okay. <laughs> Um, so all, Let's make it a good day. So all I ask really is like, um, how do you know us? So I know you guys just met for the first time today. Yeah. But we met a while ago. You know what? I'm good. I complain about this every episode. And I'm I know. I noticed again. that. And I was like, oh, shit. Ashay's going to be so bummed Fuck, that he has just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not bummed, actually, because I'm meeting a lot of new people. Okay. That's dope. Like, yeah. He's like a great person, and I'm pumped. That's so kind. I'm not that bummed about it, but I feel okay. like, it's, like if I take that stance. A part of me is just like, that's hilarious. Well, you guys should pick up and move this operation to Mississauga then. Thank that's, you. That's what you were saying. I like her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we met. Uh, as colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say uh, connected really well, but then we went on this awesome Chicago trip, and then I felt like I could really call you a friend after that. That was Because I also feel like when you're like a very strong woman, and I was a little intimidated by you. And so then I was like, I want you to like me. I have this, like, I need validation from people. So when we went on this trip, I was like, oh, I just feel like we're, like, we have a connection. It's great. Absolutely. And it's funny. I would say the same thing about me because you're, you know, a, a number of years younger. And I was like, this girl is so competent. <laughs> like, get her in a meeting. She runs shit and makes things happen. And I'm like, you know, when you started working in, in our department, you were... I think just out of I, your undergrad. I was still in my undergrad. Right. Yeah. And, I was <laughs> and like, then graduated. Whoa, goals. So yeah. <laughs> here you go. Dan's a bit of a boss bitch. So. <laughs> as, as the youth call it. Uh. <laughs> Very plugged in. You <laughs> yeah, the lingo. When we did the intro, we never said a name. So I wanted to make sure that we oh. don't need to. We didn't. You're right. So. I'm Hello. Steph. Hello, Stephanie. <laughs> That sounded so <laughs> super formal. Stephanie, Danielle. not to my style. No. Um, you introduce yourself as Steph. I've never called her Danny. I don't know her as Danny. You've always she, called her Danny. She came up to me after Warrior Welcome, and she was like, "So Ashay was calling you Danny. Like, do you go by Danny?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, outside of yeah. work, I do." But yeah. what? I know yeah. at work I'm Danielle, which yeah. it's, it's even weird to say my own name because like I, 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 I whenever I talk about myself in the third person, which is like fairly often. <laughs> Weirdly, <laughs> I will call myself Danny. Like I don't say Danielle. Yeah. So, even at your new job, you go by Danielle? no. Danielle is still in the workplace. Really? Always. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I have a weird thing about that. Okay. Because like I at home, her home. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I call her Danielle when I want to piss her off. <laughs> yeah. Well, so a friend of mine figured out recently that um, it irritates me when he calls me. Danielle because I'm I, I like worked so hard to make Danny a thing uh, that like now people are weirdly switching back like some people started calling me Danielle again I'm like I don't know what happened we didn't get more formal in our friendship like why is this a switch I worked hard and now 
I've shown them that it bugs me, so naturally. Well, Lex is like that, too. There was one day where Lex's mom really wanted to bug her, and so she just, at the end of every text, you just put, like, be like, how's it going, Alexia? Okay, Alexia. <laughs> when are you coming home, Alexia? It's oh, really funny. <laughs> and Lex was getting so pissed. <laughs> and you introduced yourself as Steph? In yeah, the and, like, that, like, that's my email signature. Like, I, I'm Steph through and through. Okay. Yeah. Um, Except for my, like, license and passport. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair. Yeah, I, I, like, it's always hard with, like, workplace stuff. Like, even when people put it in their signature, I still, like, Jen is a common one where I'm, like, I'll still put Jennifer unless I have a personal relationship with them, and then I'll switch. Like, I really have a hard time, even if they sign from Jen, like, saying, hi, Jen. Like, I'll be, like, hi, Jennifer. I have so many thoughts around this. Oh, my But goodness. I could derail for, like, half an hour. I mean, we can. Yeah. No, we don't want to. I just, I, I think if someone signs, like, whatever someone puts in their signature to you yeah. is is how you should address them. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I totally will take that. Not, like, not in a, um, I don't think it, it's wrong to do the <laughs> other, but they're clearly indicating, I think, even in my personal experience, like, how do people even know my full name, Stephanie? I feel like we're small talking right now about emails for yeah, way too are. long. Yeah, let's, quit. Also, also, <laughs> let's cut no, this shit. I have a really serious question, though. Like, okay. I open up, I say, like, I'll, I'll say, hey, Steph, or hey, Danielle, not hi. Oh, it's so hello. weird to hear you say my full name. Hey, Steph, or hey, Danny. Thank you. Not, um, not hi or hello, or to whom it may concern. Oh, you do say hey? I say hey on the, to open up the email. How do we feel about that? I am, I'm usually not a hey unless, again, I have a personal relationship with them. I'm really weird this at work. Is not, yeah, this is not something I've, I've noticed before. It's not an observation. I don't know what I do or what other people do. I've noticed people that I know really well will just email me, hey, like it's a text. Like you right. wouldn't say, hey, Danielle, in a text. And so they'll just be like, hey, this. But my weird brain is like, do, are they just, are they emailing me? Like, do they know it's me? Like, they didn't put my name. Like, I have very weird right. things. Are about... they like BCCing a bunch of people yeah. the same email? Yeah. Okay, and here's another question then. Going back to what I had said, because I was like, address people as they yeah. indicate um, in their signature, but what if someone just puts a letter? Oh, what, I have seen that. What do you do? Yeah, that one is a gamble. I think... I think You're that, laughing, so you have thoughts. <laughs> there's a couple of people at work that do that, and in, I have relationships with them, so in person, I've told them that I take that as free reign to call them whatever. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can put anything I like behind that. that letter. I really like that. You played yourself. Um, this is... I don't mean to make this a weird transition, but I'm actually curious in this same lens, but how did having to change your name in the workplace because wow. of your divorce... How, like, how did you feel about that? Because I fucked up. I felt so bad for this interaction when you came up to me and asked me to change it on the org chart. Oh. And, I, and I literally <laughs> said, congratulations, because I thought she was changing her name. That did happen. Yeah, and you were, like, you were like, I, got, I just got divorced. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I totally ruined this interaction. <laughs> and you weren't, like, the only person in the department or on campus to, to do the up. same congratulations yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah, me yeah. feel a little better, but also it's still super shitty in that situation. Um. You you <laughs> played it off like a champ though. You just like rolled with the punch that I dealt out. <laughs> well, there's no ill intent there. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. so just, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I think like the whole process, like email and and just documentation in general, True. it was it was tedious. True. 
and expensive at times, depending on like what. Oh, true. Yeah. You'd have to get IDs done. Yeah. And... But in the spirit of cutting the small talk, like you guys mentioned. Nice. What is, uh, what is it that you want to talk about today? We're going to talk about marriage and divorce, specifically being okay with divorce at a young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because you recently, I guess not recently at this point. I separa- Would you consider it? Well, I separated a couple of years ago, but the whole separation and divorce process takes a couple of years. Oh. Um, yes. Well, not a couple. Like, if you, like, really work at expediting the process, maybe it can be done in about a year and a half. Yeah. Um, I've actually taken a long time, though, because your lives are so entwined, or you got to untangle all that and then just go. Well, and, and, and we can get into it, but, like, in terms of when you're eligible for divorce, it's not like, oh, you decide to separate, let's get divorced. Is there an eligibility? Oh, there's eligibilities. There's, yes. This, okay, can you explain that for me? I, I don't know how this works. Yeah, so um, so if uh, there's a bunch of affidavits that you have to fill out and submit to the court, the family court of law, um, and the... Uh, the first rounds um, is uh, you can have one of three um, reasons for divorce, to request divorce. Um, one is separation. Um, you have to be living apart for one year. Okay. And you have to indicate the specific day that you separated and no longer were, you know, sharing a dwelling or whatever. Right. Um, two is adultery and three is cruelty. But adultery and cruelty... Now, I, I didn't dive deep into that because that wasn't my grounds for divorce, but um, I don't believe there's a, a waiting time for those. Okay, yeah, mm. yeah. All right, that makes sense. I just find it so interesting that um, that the government can even have a say being like, you have to be separated for a year. Like, how, if you were dating, like, that wouldn't be a thing. Like, you just leave each other yeah, like, like how is that for a really long time yeah, yeah like how is that even an, a thing that they get to butt in and be like oh you know it's not good enough that you say you want to get separated we also have to see that like you're separated for a year before we're going to give you the paperwork to say you're like legally separated yeah yeah and i i don't think i've fully developed my opinion on it yet because um it's still pretty new for me right like yeah. i only got divorced um like my divorce papers came in maybe a year ago, wow. not even. And so um, it's the whole dichotomy of um, anyone can go and get married without, you know, proof of what companionship or love or respect mm. or what whatever the reason you want to get married there's is. There's no criteria for that. There's no criteria. Yes, there's no criteria. Um from, uh, and I'm speaking from a government perspective. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about in other institutions. Totally. Um, but in order to get the paperwork to get married, you just literally go, like, pay a fee and sign a piece of paper. And prove you're not related or whatever, right? <laughs> I, don't know if that, I don't know if that was a component. Uh, yeah. And then, That's but then so to, you know, when you're literally in the most vulnerable state you can imagine at that time to then have to feel like the, the government deserves a reason to end that contract. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, like, it's, you feel a little bit defeated and, and at the same time frustrated. Yeah. With why. I would be frustrated too because, my, so my parents also got divorced. They weren't in their 20s, but they're in their 50s. Um, and I just found like after the divorce, both of them just spent a lot of time trying to justify 
the divorce to their their close friends and to, to us the their children and it just felt like a lot of looking for validation on that and like having having to justify it and feeling like you have to justify it and a lot of what we just talked about with the having criteria for divorce for the government feels like you have to justify your divorce to the government too mm-hmm. which it's just so weird you're already in a bad like it's clearly not going well you know i mean you're in a bad headspace you're feeling all these things i'm sure all these emotions about am i doing the right thing is this is this mm-hmm. uh, feeling invalidated or anything like that right and then having to do that also to a government body just seems like a lot absolutely and, and i will say the the court experience um was was the worst part of really? of all really? like it's like yes the pain the pain is yeah. tremendous the <laughs> goddamn I would love to offer free emotional intelligence training to the clerks <laughs> working oh, yeah. at the courthouse. Like, it was just such a negative and condescending experience. And every time you go, like, you don't want to fucking be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're, you're literally just trying to keep, your, keep yourself together, keep composed, right? Because yeah. right. basically everyone around you is going through the exact same thing. Totally. So just get in, get out, uh, and it was, yeah. And, and in a moment where, you, like you said, you're vulnerable and really what's needed is empathy in that moment, and it just felt like a really cold and callous environment, is that? Completely. Like, because, and, and I can talk about this further, but um, I chose, or, or we chose not to get a lawyer, um, okay. so we went with an uncontested divorce. So it's uncontested oh. or simple, and that's when you, uh, basically you file together. Which is probably hard because, from what I know, you didn't want to get divorced. It, it was not my ex left me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but, I mean, when the time came around, of course, like, divorce, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's um, true. Um, there's absolutely, and maybe, as I told you, I'm terrible with tech, so Googling, <laughs> not my forte, but there was nothing I could find online or going to the courthouse to take a day off to go through all the files and documents there to try yeah. to understand how to navigate the divorce process like through the oh. courts. Um, it was like such a trying process. Did you feel like uh, there was judgment from the clerks uh, or like the staff that you interacted with because of your age? Oh gosh, I have no idea. Um, yeah. I would say mm. um, the challenge again. So like, you know, a lot of people won't have money to get a lawyer. And so you're trying to navigate this process on your own, getting pieces of information at the court and pieces online and pieces from maybe people that you know um, about how to go through all this documentation. You have to go to court a few, like a few different times to submit different affidavits. And uh, it's just, you would go to the counter, you would think that you had everything ready to go like all the documents beautifully like you have to have three printed copies of everything one for you one for your spouse one for the government and then there would be like one signature in the wrong place or or maybe you weren't supposed to fill a line until you got there in front of the clerk but you had already filled it out and they're like "Mm, yeah try again Oh. Yes. Like back to square one. That, yeah. So, oh. and so, you'd have to leave then and do it. Like they should provide services in there. So, oh, so they do. There's a there's a little room in in this particular courthouse where there's um two broken computers. Cool. Uh, in a in a, a printer. Cool. So if you can um, get onto the broken computer and reprint all the shit that you thought you would, oh you know, prepared to a T, um, and then print it, maybe you're in luck. But it's like getting to border control and being told you can't 
yeah. pass through, right? And you're yeah. like, You're like, what? I don't want to be here in the first place. And now you're going to ask me to come back? Yeah. Ugh. So that, yes, I had many a tears uh, when, when experiencing that. So like not only was it like, hey, uh, you did it wrong, but also I'm going to be condescending mm-hmm. as I share this information with you. I think the one of the most upsetting things was getting there for the first time and being with my ex-husband to file for divorce. Luckily, we had everything prepared properly that time. And uh, the guy's like, you realize you both don't need to be here, right? Oh, and I'm like, my God. What? 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 Like... You know what I mean? Thanks. Thanks for the information, but we're here. We're, yeah, and what, what good does it do me now? Nobody fucking wants to be here. No. So w- what is your purpose in, in sharing? You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, the, great. Now I can tell people Yeah. moving forward, you actually don't ever have to um, be at the courthouse for an uncontested divorce um, to file and, and process everything. You don't have to be together. Interesting. That's, like, I just don't understand why he would share that information. Like, great. Thanks. Cool. We're, Thanks, we're bro. We're both here, though. So, like, can we just do what we came here to do? Yeah. Interesting. That's frustrating. Hence the training I would like to offer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How um, how was it like being uh, like an adult when your parents got divorced? Like, I feel like because I was three when my parents got divorced, so I have no memory of my parents together, mm-hmm. and so in my mind, like, they are separate people, and I sometimes forget that they were ever ever married like it's just i have no context of a relationship between them because they don't even talk to each other it's a unique experience in that i think once you are an adult and once you kind of have an understanding of i i think i'm an empath and once you kind of have an understanding of how emotions work and you've seen the whole thing go down like when you're younger if it happened when i was eight i've only had like what four years of memories having a memory at that point and i also don't understand the context of what's going on in their adult lives yeah that's like causing this rift but at being an adult and seeing everything that's going down and understanding um in in very minute detail about why where the problems are it gave me kind of i didn't feel bitter about them divorcing i didn't feel sad even I was I was like this is honestly better for both of you. You guys need to you guys need space. Well, that's really mature of you. And I think but that's I think I think it's just because you're old enough to understand yeah. what's going on, right? Like if it was if I was young or I didn't know or and I think it's testament to them being transparent with me and my sister, right? Also, if they were hiding it and I didn't have any kind of inkling as to what the issue is, I'd be like, "But why didn't you just work it out?" And my parents have had people say that to them before, be like, oh, really? but like, you know, you just, my mom, she's hanging out with some friends and, and the, the one lady pulls her aside and is like, yeah, but why, you guys were married like 30 years, why don't you just like deal with it and work it out? And I was <sighs> like, that's, she's like, no, you don't know me, you don't know what happened, get out of here, what are you doing? Yeah. And I agree with my mom on that front. If I you're agree. not in it, you don't get it. Exactly. And right? that, that's 100% it. It's, an, it's nobody's place to comment, but the people that are in it. Yeah, it's that one's a tough one because like if you like in, in that woman's mind, like she's like work it out. So be like sacrifice a lot, be less happy, pr- like probably be dealing with a lot more stress and whatever. Yeah. And that's that's like working it out. Like that's better. What, like, what did she think the thirty years leading to the divorce? Yeah, were? Like, like that. It doesn't like getting divorced doesn't erase the time that no that you were together. And if and if there was they were getting divorced which they and there was a clear reason there was some kind of trauma or issue there that you have no idea about mm-hmm. what do you mean make it work like you don't know what happened yeah it's just i think i think and i'm gonna get into a place i don't necessarily want to play in for too long but i think there's some mentality in 
um, specifically the Indian community around divorce still and how mm. it's, like, it's kind of taboo and it's people frown upon it. And I don't know if that exists in other communities as well, but I th- it's very uncommon. And that's something my mom really struggled with. True. And I think a lot of families struggle with it. But my mom was like, what are what are like so what, what, what are people going to think? Right. It's not something that we do. We've been together 30 years. My my family back home, especially her family in India, like nobody in her family tree has gotten divorced before. And so it's like she was like just feeling the weight of all this. Yeah. And um, it kind of blew my mind. And then I was like, OK, maybe maybe some of that's just feeling guilt in your head. And then this lady said this to her. I was like, oh, no, this is real. Like the people are straight up judging yeah. you for this constantly in this community. And I just don't understand it. When yeah. you don't know what's happening. I will credit my parents for being transparent and talking to me and my sister through the whole process. Like, That's good. Individually, they were, they were talking to us. We kind of knew um, my mom's side of it. We knew my dad's side of it. I don't think there was ever like any animosity between the kids and the parents. And, and the, as much as they tried to um, deal with adult things as the adults, sometimes they needed, they needed something to talk, somebody to talk to, right? So yeah. It, it's just, I think the way they did it made it more bearable for me and my sister. I can see how it would be very traumatic for some people, though. Totally. Right, especially if you have all this foundation of your parents having this childhood memories of them being together in this happy family picture. But I, don't, I didn't have really that either because my dad was traveling, like, wasn't home a lot because of work. And it was a lot of just me, my mom, and my sister. Yeah, me, my mom, and my sister. <laughs> and so, and my dad was there for a lot of stuff, but he never came on vacations with us. So it was just... Like these, these, these fond memories that I have, they're, they're with my dad or I have a separate memory with my sister and my mom. Oh, right? okay. And that, like they're, I have fond memories in both areas, but then the overlap is very few. Gotcha. So I was like, this is basically the divorce already. So it's like you were sort of already prepared for this separate. It was just making more official what had already kind of been the case. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Well, on a relatively similar note in terms of, you know, it being what sounds like maybe a more seamless process for you than a lot of other people, I would suspect. I think that the subconscious plays such a big piece of it. And, and I would say I was um, thrown off at how quickly I was able to recover from mm. my separation. You know, of course, there was the roller coaster of, you know, the, the whole uh, separation process. But if you're already processing abandonment while you're in it the the recovery time expedited almost and i'm not saying abandonment for you but if if that was what your experience was of oh this is like like i'm used to this i'm familiar with this um then the concept of divorce or separation of your parents perhaps you were able to process a lot quicker yeah maybe not um, in your in your case, did you find that the recovery process? Because for me, I would I wasn't I'm not I wasn't getting divorced right. It right, was just right. something that was happening around me. But I know a lot of kids like really do feel abandonment when their parents get divorced. Like I've heard that from. It's more when it's teens, but it's like the kid is like, I'm losing my parents because I don't know how to operate in this space. Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, I think you're right because it was more. Uh, it was it was kind of. I think they did uncontested as well, okay. and it was kind of an, a, a mutual, a mutually agreed of divorce. There's not a ton of like animosity, like I'm never gonna talk to you ever again. Mm-hmm. I hate you. Goodbye. In that, and I think that would have having that kind of animosity would have made me feel a little bit more uneasy about losing somebody, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference also is that when you're a teenager, you're dependent on one or the other for your 
needs you're, you're, you're yeah. providing. But as an adult, you can choose to maintain relationships still on your own because you're, you're providing for yourself. And so I think the, that I knew in my head, I was like, hey, if I want to maintain a relationship with my father, I can for sure maintain a relationship with my father. And that's a decision that I have to make yep. outside of that context. Right. Same thing with my mother. Uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you, though, because I don't really know um, the, the process for you. Danny alluded to that you weren't really looking to get divorced. So what was that? How did the separation process, like that must have been really emotionally traumatic. <laughs> that's a, that is a good description, Ishay. Um, it, yes, it all happened very quickly. I think we were together for nine years at that point. Um, married for, I don't know, maybe a year or two. We quickly um, discovered the need to seek marriage counseling, which... Um, you know, in doing this podcast, this isn't for me to like have a cathartic experience talking totally. about my divorce and my story. Um, I'm very, I'm very comfortable with where I'm at and, and my experience. Um, it's to hopefully in some capacity pay it forward to people who are either going through it or inevitably maybe going through divorce. Um, and marriage counseling uh, is my experience was, you know, very positive. Okay. It probably maybe expedited the um, pace at which the separation occurred. Mm. But the whole point of going to marriage counseling, I think, is to, you know, have those, that dialogue and, and those discoveries. Yeah. Um, and, and it gives you a lot to, to reflect on and chew on and, and yeah, and think about. And um, so I would definitely encourage anyone, even just like, it doesn't even have to be because your relationship is at potentially a breaking point. Right. It's just an unbiased party in the room helping mm -hmm. you build a stronger foundation. Totally. Which is sweet. That's a really great point also. Is that is, I think there's a stereotype around going to counseling or getting help for any kind of relationship, even if it's the one with yourself. We've talked about mental health counseling before, but I just think there's a stereotype around it that, oh, you need this help. But I don't, like you made a great point there. It's like it's if it's if it's something it's something that could benefit anybody regardless mm -hmm. of what position they're in, and that's something that you found really helpful. So yeah. I mean, I think that's a great call out. Yeah, I read in a magazine recently that um, couples are now doing counseling as a couple, like within the first year of their relationship, let awesome. alone marriage, because there's just so much effort to have like equal communication f from both sides of the partnership and to like deal with issues right away. And so people like they're seeing this uptake in young people doing couples counseling. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is so cool. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be that when it's hit that crisis point, it right. doesn't have to be that when no. you go, like you like, can be you like can be proactive hey. about it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it doesn't mean like that it's a guaranteed failure at the end of the road. It could be like, we're working through stuff. Like I just think therapy needs to be talked about a little bit more openly. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I don't think it's enough. I think my parents found therapy. Um, did they do it? They did. They tried to do some marriage counseling, yeah. Um, but I think what makes those kinds of things work is being open and honest and vulnerable. Yeah. And I don't know that both of them were that mm -hmm. in all the sessions. So I think they came out of it both thinking like, oh, that went really well. But then because they weren't open and honest and vulnerable in the session, the action items, so the, the, follow, the, the follow through of those counselings didn't really come through mm. and I think they tried they tried for many years like it, it I think I think everybody in the house kind of knew that there was 
something like it wasn't working and i think we knew that for the better part of a decade it was it's a long time Mm. uh and but they stayed together for the sake of us and for the sake of um their parents also they didn't want to be seen by their parents as getting divorced Mm. so they stayed together for a lot of reasons but they then so they during that time they tried to work through it they're like you know what let's let's go let's make this work let's talk to these people let's see how this goes um they spoke to like one guy who was just like super well he's on TV for marriage counseling. Like they, oh, wow. they got an appointment with this guy and they talked about it. And so um, ultimately it didn't work out. But I think I think the reason is because um, talking to them privately versus hearing what they said about how counseling went, they just weren't they weren't being authentic in those meetings. They weren't opening up. Yeah. And I think that's a huge problem. For sure. I mean, I I let it all out when I go to counseling, right? Because it's, it, it, it's the number one place where you have absolute confidentiality too, right? Yeah. And it's, so what, what happens in that room stays in that room. And, and that's why I, I do think that therapy is a great, a great option. I don't know if my parents did marriage counseling because they weren't married for that long, but you mentioned a year. So I'm like, there's no criteria. Like you could jump in there right away, but mm-hmm. um, I don't. I want to say that my mom suggested it, but I don't know if my dad actually followed through, which is like on brand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, th- like I only know them separate. But hearing how they got divorced, it was also like this massive shock. My mom was like absolutely in love with my dad, and they went on a trip the summer. Um, so. They had a stillbirth. No, it wasn't a stillbirth. He died in delivery. Mm. So he did, um, he was alive in the transition, but yeah. it didn't work. And so he passed away. And that was really hard on my dad, both of them. Of but course. I, um, my dad has like a really strong attachment to the idea of a son and like passing that sort of knowledge on and like really idealize that. And so that was like extremely hard on him. Um, and, then they thought they had worked through it, went on this like trip to Florida. I went, um, and after that, it was like a month later, and he just like came home and was like, I don't love you anymore, and was like, this is not working, and my mom was just like completely crushed. She was like, we just went on a trip. Like, I thought this was working, um, and then it was like a weird transition where he lived in the basement while they were separated. Mm-hmm. There was like a separate entrance. So it was just like a very weird situation mm-hmm. where they were like still living together. And my mom like couldn't leave right away because she had put a lot of money into renovations for this house. And so yeah. she was like pretty broke. So it was just like a very interesting situation. And then we moved in with my aunt and uncle um, just to like get our feet under us. Yeah. What is that expression? That's, you that? got this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really struggling <laughs> with expressions <laughs> today. Um, Hashtag wake up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Um, but then the other thing growing up is everybody in my family has been divorced at least once. So no aunt, uh, aunt or uncle has like existed in their marriage or not. Like everybody's been divorced. Like it's been polar opposite to my family. Mm -hmm. Wow. So when you were saying, I was the first person I basically knew to get divorced in my life. Really? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Like I, I've had family members who have been divorced, but I think it happened like before I was born. Right. So yeah. in like friends and classes, like were there, was there a lot of divorces like in your peer group of like when you were growing up as a kid? Not at all. Yeah. I remember yeah. that being like, it was just starting to happen. And like, I remember like as a kid, like not really understanding because I was like, my parents are divorced. Like, why is everybody freaking out about it? Yeah. I don't associate it like a negative thing because I didn't experience it 
from like as a kid to my parents. So it was interesting. One thing I'm really curious about, and if you can say if you don't want to talk about this, yeah. Um, but because uh, this isn't necessarily about the divorce, but I'm curious as to were you like what changed once you got married? Because you said you were together for nine years before you got married, and then or nine years total, maybe eight that you were ma- before you got married, and then one for being married. Like, did you find that? the formality and the structure like did you find that things changed after you got married no no it was it was pre-existing stuff interesting because we'd been living together for many years maybe four at least so the the, and you know shared bank accounts things like that like so you were deep (laughs) 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 yeah for lack of a better word right and and what was your question did it shift when you? Were oh yeah, no, there was no shift. There was no shift. Um, okay. I, I didn't really feel a shift, uh, and so yeah, and I didn't know if I, how much, and and we can talk about this maybe afterwards, like how because I don't want to like expose my ex husband gotcha. um, yeah, yeah. by any means, but that's what I was asking if, if it's something you even want to talk about. Then if, if not, it's cool. Yeah. Maybe we can focus instead on like how how afterwards. How did you find? How did you recover? Because after we talked about how emotional of a process it was, and even literally the process of going to court was an emotionally taxing experience. And you're kind of, you're on your own afterwards, right? How did you, where did you lean? Where did you find, like, was really helpful for you in your in your journey back to, I guess, recovery, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll be honest, I think I blacked out, like, that whole year mm-hmm. that it happened. Like, it's just, it's, it's this surreal thing, like, you know? your your life completely flips upside down and changes so very quickly uh and it it's um yeah it's one one hell of a, a process to go through no matter how, how long or short it, it takes for you to get through that um so i would say uh it's funny i when i talk about divorce i don't talk about it emotionally i talk very about it very logically because um I've like I'm I've accepted and I'm very happy with what the aftermath uh, has has uh, looked like and provided for me, um, and so uh, and this sounds probably very intuitive and obvious, but it's the people around you that are gonna make the recovery piece um, like a world of a difference. So um, I have my my sister left downtown Toronto, city girl, and. Probably had not wanted anything to do with KW, but she moved in with me for eight months. Wow. Um, That's so nice. Yeah, wow. Yeah, she just picked up. She was just starting her own relationship with someone, you know, she loves deeply and she's still with. And she she just came for me. Um, and that was fucking huge. Wow. That is incredible. Uh, it was incredible. Um, and my mother was incredible. I think the, the day it all happened, you know, she drove straight to me and uh you know hugs cries let's go have some drinks at the in belmont village oh nice (laughs) you're gonna say phil's imagine (laughs) um and then booked us tickets to australia to go see my best friend you know amazing and so some things i was prepared to do other things made me anxious um but yeah I, i would just say it is about the people that you surround yourself with. Um, I knew I had good friends, but this process was so reaffirming that I'm so fucking lucky to have the group that I have and, and the individuals outside of my group. And what else? 
yeah, that, that was part of my um, recovery process. But also um, a big thing for me, as I had mentioned, the wanting to pay it forward because it was such an isolating experience mm. going through the, the navigating the divorce process um, in the court system. I really wanted to make a manual um, to for people moving forward, mm. which I was able to do. So I documented Whoa, everything. So I have a PDF of... Um, acknowledging you're going to go through this shit and it's going to be the most unfathomably painful experience, right? But you're going to be okay. Like yeah. you've got this yeah. coming out of it. I am I'm in the best place of my personal life that I've ever been, right? Yeah. So there, yeah, the grass can be greener, totally. right? And And that was the case for me. Um, but anyways, this manual, literally I've gone through, like I've hyperlinked all the affidavits, the processes, like wow. here, the, here's the timeline, here's the amount of money that each like time going to court will cost you. Um, and so I've been able to pay it forward to a few different people. And like, that's just so satisfying because literally the whole process is just, it's crap. Right. Mm. So to like not have to stress about the process and just like get through it yeah. is probably a saving grace. Those people that like view this. Opinion. Yeah. And, and now this is only for an uncontested divorce. And, and so like that's all I, I have to offer. <laughs> um, but it's something, right? It's oh. just, it's, it's a tool to um, hopefully improve people's processes. I love that you made a manual though. Like that's super helpful. What are you planning to do anything with that manual in terms of like putting it publicly like publishing it or something like that or so like a while ago I'm like maybe I should start a blog I'm gonna you know only talk about things that I really feel like I know about one I could just like mention divorce and here's a resource to like backcountry camping is something that is like a huge part of my life um but then I'm like I don't use the internet <laughs> i'm like it's gonna be one of those blogs you have two posts and then yeah. you'll never yeah you, so yourself instead, and no one will ever look at it again so instead we're talking new york times best-selling author. right <laughs> yeah no i think it's it's gonna be like word of mouth right yeah. yeah and and so when i find out people are going through the process i'm able to share that with them if you got it from a friend who got it from a friend kind of deal yeah and yeah. like i you know i have someone in my life who people the, the a lot of people just decide to not get divorced they just stay stay separated their entire lives mm -hmm. um it, it, for I mean, whatever reason it is for them but i do think in my conversation with some people it's like it's too hard to come to that point like it's just it makes it so official and it's a yucky process yeah. and and there is um there's compromise there's d division of assets there's all of that stuff um yeah, but my, my my dad had that happen with his second marriage. They just stayed separated, but then she wanted to get married again. So then after like like seven years, they then had to do the divorce yeah. because they hadn't done it like at the beginning. So then it was like drudging up all this stuff. Oh, he had God. to like interact with her. They did not split amicably. So it's just like a very rough situation. Resurfacing of, yeah. of emotions, I'm sure. Yeah, that would be really hard. Some people I feel like are very in the camp of cut the cord, rip the bandaid off, get it done as soon as possible. And that was me. That was, yeah, okay. The, the day we were eligible for divorce... I was fucking on it. I had all my poop in a group. <laughs> like I done, I'd gone to the court. I'd, I'd try to, well, I, as I've told you, it's a fucky process. So I messed it up along the way, but I did as much as I could 
so that day it was let's do this yeah yeah bundle all that at once and then be like okay yeah no i like We've them done in it. a group yeah, I like it too. I fucking love that. I've never heard that expression. No, before. I haven't either. I've never heard that. Oh, that's like a real thing? That's not just your brain? Poop in a group? I thought that was just like a youth thing. Yeah, I thought that, that was just, just your brain. Now. No. Stop. Oh, that's not real. Is it real? I would love it if it <laughs> is. Usually our breaks, like, we're pretty obvious where we're just like, oh, let's just pick back up. Yeah, I have we're... never noticed. That's why when you were like, we can edit, I'm like, what? I've, ne- I've never. It's, I have it's to pee at to every me. part. Yeah, we... Every episode, I've had to stop and pee. Danny's, Danny's the bomb.com. Apparently. Stuff, so. Yo, we'll be all right. Yeah. The kids are all right. Well, and it's so fun because you <laughs> also get to cut out, like, times where you just say, um, a lot or you just right. pause or whatever and it just like I've cleaned up a conversation and been like why can't I just sound like that Normally. all the time yeah, 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 you know yeah. like I cut so much stuff I remember I can't remember killed all the, your brain cells the last flim night. flam yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 careful, yeah. careful. Yeah. <laughs> sorry that no. wasn't meant to be judgmental no, no. but it's so <laughs> true my, my brain is so sensitive to that stuff because I just I've hit it a bunch of times I feel like I was uh-huh. like annoyingly aware of that. Like I, in school, I'd actually be like, "No, I don't want to go out drinking because I, I I need my brain cells." For for I need oh wow it. yeah, I'd like actively avoid over here. situations where I don't like. I'd actively avoid situations where like people are like, "Hey, do you want to do shrooms?" I was like, "No." I, I, oh I whoa, I I didn't I'm do anything. anything. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I think over the span of high school, two coolers. Wow. Like, I, I was the straightest of Damn. all straight you edges. All your that, like, and it surprises me every time you share that with me. Because I'm like, what? It's what, not. That, what is high school? High school is a party. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fit my current brand either of like, yeah. I'm like the party person. Right. So then it's just strange that I didn't do that and was like, fair, like the. In, the impression I gave people was very goody two shoes. Like I would, I if anything, I was judging you for doing that. <laughs> so it's just very ironic that I've now completely flipped that yeah. script. Yeah, I it was. I remember like the first week um, of university, like we didn't really drink, and then it like I think the last day of orientation we got drunk, and I was like, ooh, I like this. <laughs> Like it was like okay, I like the the energy that happens. So oh. it was. Uh... <laughs> oh my god, I'm dead. Okay, let's jump back into this okay. shit. Yep. Don't worry. You I wanted said. to talk about emotions. Emotions. Yeah. Um, I. Everyone, obviously, your emotions is a giant pendulum swing. To be totally honest. Some days you're sad, some days you're angry, some days you're numb, some days you don't give a royal fuck. Yep. Um, and I, I think that that's very natural. And no two relationships or separations or divorce will ever be the same. So yes, um, you know, I can share my experience and you can share your experience as um, being children of, of parents who have been divorced, um, but everyone's going to navigate it differently and respond differently um I will say that yeah I think you called it earlier Shay like emotionally traumatic um and like that's what it was and it was interesting I I wrote a a letter to myself kind of summarizing my experience 
um, a couple months after the separation shook down. Um, and I, I haven't looked at that since I wrote it maybe two years ago. And I read it this morning before coming over here. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. I forgot. I forgot about how raw that emotion really was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I think the, the pain, I remember telling like a good friend of mine, like I wouldn't wish divorce upon my worst enemy. You know what I mean? Like just the feeling of going through um, that. But, you know, I, like I'm here to say and that it can very much work for people. It can bring you to a way better place in your life. Even if things were, I, I was pretty happy to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, I had clearly made a decision to, to get married to one person and share my life with, with them and, and their family and, and my family. Uh, and that obviously didn't work out. Um, and that's the surreal piece, right? It's just like, holy fuck, everything I thought I knew or, or where I was going um, has taken a complete 180. And so um, it's it's a bit of a roller coaster and everyone has to figure out what works for them in terms of wh- who plays what role in your life, how transparent you are. I was very vocal about my experience, um, not about like my emotions per se, but like the first day back to work after the, the Christmas holidays when it all shook down. Like I just told my team, I, you know, I, t- I told my direct reports, I told my boss, like, this is where I'm at and um, I'm okay. I just, um, I, I don't know what life has in store for me tomorrow or the next day and, and how I'm going to respond. And I'm going to do my fucking darndest to bring the self that I brought to work every day um from here on in but that could that could change you know totally i'm not yeah i would never shy away from the the pain that it can cause but i I can only speak to my experience but i came out the other side and it's fucking awesome hey so i heard when i went through a really rough breakup a couple years ago and i went to therapy after because i couldn't handle it on my own Mm -hmm. um my therapist said something to me that really like stuck and it was the only thing certain is uncertainty and that was like a big fear of mine just where you like you set you're like okay I think I know my path for a little bit in my life and then when it changes so abruptly you're like yeah. oh I don't know how to operate in this space like I wasn't prepared for this Absolutely. so it's like your emotions like like you said every day was different it was like up down but like and you have to sort of be patient with yourself. Like I found like Completely. I, that was super hard to be like, okay, today's just going to be shitty. And like, that's okay. But I had to constantly check in and like be a, so aware of my emotions because they were just so all over the place that I was like, if I don't keep an eye on this, like this is how you could go down some really rough paths. Um, but it's really cool to hear you like come out the other side and have a positive outlook on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like the, it, I think it's a pretty common phrase, but like this too shall pass. Yeah. That was, that was critical for me. Yeah. You know, the, so. The time piece of like, like every day is another step forward mm-hmm. where it's just time is passing and time's the only thing that can help at this point. But that's also terrifying to be like, oh, 
okay, but I'm still feeling it. So what the right, heck? Right, exactly. The ebbs <laughs> and flows of it all. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I also am really shocked at how resilient um, we are as like humans to get through trauma like that. That it's like, wow, okay, like I did it. Like you just hunker down and you're like, okay. And then when you come out the other side, you're like, wow, I'm so capable of like recovering. Like it's just such a proud moment that you get to just like live in that space. I just was really pumped about it. No, absolutely. I think it's, and I think it's something to be proud of. I, I think, um, people after going through trauma and something I think is societally true, but also just on a more, on a micro level, like on an individual basis, I see, I see you and what you've become and this person, this woman that you've become after going through all that. And it's incredible to see that journey. Right. And, and I think that's true everywhere. Like I see that with my mother, I see that uh, with some of my friends that have gone through really hard stuff too. And, and you're right. I think, um, accepting that it's okay to have those emotions and it's normal and it's part of the process and and not not trying to push them away or, or kind of stuff them down and, yeah. and just just being honest with yourself like yeah i feel like shit about this and, mm. and that's fine i'm gonna feel like shit about it just just feel it just li- own it live it yeah it's gonna happen there's no sense running away from it now because it's gonna come eventually and and it's kind of ties back into the, the idea what we said about like where people just go for long separations and you have to trudge it back up eventually anyway like it's the same process you have to you have to process those at some point and you see um i think people are getting better as as conversations like this one and and people who are great spokespeople individuals who are great spokespeople for confronting and accepting and and loving your emotions such as you two are i think that's helping society as a whole get better about it's okay to be emotional it's okay to emote it's 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 fine that you feel that way just just feel that way. Yeah. You need to do that to be, get to a place where you, you're better. You feel yeah. better. Right. Yeah. I ran away from the idea of emotions for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've talked to both of my parents about this, but like they, they didn't show emotion in front of me. They had the mentality of like, I'm going to close the door and do that behind the scenes. And so kids are not dumb they see what you're doing. And so then in, when I was growing up, it was like, oh, okay, like you have to hide this part. Like don't be freaking out in front of people. Like take your time, go away, shove it down and then come back when you're present. And that's the mentality I've used to approach emotions. And then I went through this trauma a couple of years ago and I was like, oh, I physically am incapable of shoving these down. Like they're just coming out in like waves of just insanity that I was I had never experienced before and so that's why I was like okay I need I need someone to actually coach me on accepting and like bringing forward emotions and being okay and not being like ashamed of it like it was like such a new experience to go through and when you think you've got it figured out in your mid-20s which you don't (laughs) at all but you're like okay I'm learning yeah but it sounds like you weren't equipped with the tools to to process that right and no yeah, emotions can be uh, a little overwhelming if you've never really, like... Let it all out. Yeah, linked arms with it and, like, not demonized it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a process that I'm still working on. I I don't know, growing up and then... And, and there was a lot of emotions in my house already growing up, so I was just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to tuck mine over here. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to... Mm. I'm not adding to this clusterfuck I'm seeing in front of me. I'll, <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I'll just deal with mine on my own. And I did, and then, like... I had this habit of, um, and it helps me in the moment, but I'm, like I said, I'm in the process of learning, and Lex is being so great about it. I'm just learning from her on this front every day 
but I have this tendency to, I'll feel an emotion and I won't say anything to anybody and I'll just take some time on my own and rationalize it away. Be like, oh, you're angry. It doesn't make any sense for you to be angry. What the hell are you doing? And I'll just kind of like try to rationalize my way out of the emotion yeah. instead of being like, all right, you're angry. Why'd that make you angry? You need to think about why that bothered you. Is there something, is there a reason it bothered you? Why are you upset about this particular conversation? Like, And that's okay that you are, yeah. but just understand why. Rather than being like, no, stop being upset, you you dummy, yeah. right? And and Lex, is, like I said, has, has been huge in that, and she really tends to drive those conversations. She's like, oh, I see you're upset. Why are you upset? I'm like, I don't know why I'm upset. I'm just upset, <laughs> okay? She's like, all right, yeah, man, be upset. Do you? Yeah. And I, I just don't think that's something I had been exposed to before, but I'm not, like I said, I'm, I'm more surrounded by people now that have that mentality, that mindset, and it rubs off on you. And I, I having having done the whole, like, rationalized away or just like stuff it in a corner kind of route oh my god it's so much better when you actually deal with it mm-hmm. oh lord because then if you stuff it away i'm just like you know the the next time something even remotely similar happens i'm like double mad than i was yeah, <laughs> yeah. it compounds it compounds <laughs> i'm like course. angry about the first time that it happened and then, and then angry at myself that i didn't do anything about it and then it happened again i'm like god fucking damn it yeah and and living in this space of like accepting emotions are a real thing and not making them seem like this horrible thing has actually really helped my anxiety. I have significantly less panic attacks than I used to Mm -hmm. because I am so aware of my emotions in a healthier perspective. Whereas before it'd be like, no, I can't feel this. I can't feel this. And like trying to hide it would make me more panicked. And I would just like explode in just pure panic. I love that because on the topic of anxiety, um, I, I went to see somebody about some stuff I was experiencing as well, and they had the, that exact same feedback where they were like, no, because she was like, the question I was asked is, so what happens when you have a negative thought or you have an anxious thought or you have someone, one of those things? And I was like, no, I just, I just, I try to talk myself out of it or I try not to think about it anymore. This person explained to me, they're like, look, picture yourself with these thoughts floating around your head. What you're doing right now is you're swatting them away like a fly. You're empowering them. You're putting a lot of energy and thought and time into it. Yeah. And so one of the things they um, they kind of talk me through is a little mental exercise. They're like, find, pick a place, pick a scene, a setting that is really calm and comforting for you. So so mine is like I'm sitting on the a sandy shore of a river with the forest around me. And they're like, okay. And then what, what do you picture leaves coming down the 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 river and stopping right in front of you? And some of them are good thoughts, and some of them are bad thoughts. And then take the good thoughts. And, and, and grab onto them and put them in your pocket and keep those. Then pick up the bad thoughts too, look at them, and then put them back on the leaf and let them float down the river. Acknowledge them. But it's that process of like accepting and acknowledging them and thinking about them and then just letting them go mm-hmm. that I had just never done before. And they're like, that's not giving them energy. You're, it's there and then it's gone. It, instead of just, just kind of pushing it away the entire time. And just that kind of that, that image and that whole process was so powerful that I tried to do it more and more now and it's it, I think it, it helps a lot with my anxiety yeah right yeah absolutely I just the, the confronting of the the negative leaves right that's what's I, the, the most challenging part of it all yeah I was listening to a podcast where the psychologist was on and they were like um, people think of it as life is happy 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 bad and then they want to be like happy 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 bad whereas it's a lot of like bad, bad, happy, bad, happy, bad, bad. Like there's like no consistency to it. So like you're always like trying to strive for this happiness, but it's like it's it, it has to have all of it. Like you can't just strive for that one, but it's hard to live in a bad day. I've always sort of approached it this way, but I've started like really intentionally using this, but being like, 
I know this is a low day. And so I use that word versus bad because I'm like, I just feel low today. Like I know tomorrow or next week I will probably feel less low, but today I feel low. So it's like just sort of like living in that space and not making it seem so negative. But it's hard. Yeah. And I, and, and I like that you're using low, right? It's, it's, you have a low mood today, right? And I think that's huge. Even it's, it's crazy to me that even just the way we speak about and think about these kinds of concepts has such a big role in empowering them or taking power away from them and giving yourself power in those. And it, your kind of reassessment of what you want to call those days is huge. You go home and you, you have that song, you had a bad day, you sing a sad song, turn it around. I always think of that song. <laughs> That's a good song. It's funny. I When I come home some days just totally taxed from work, I, I haven't simplified it to the word low. I just say, like, I'm a, I'm a fucking potato. Like I, like, I just, I come home and I feel like I don't evoke emotion. You know, my golden retriever wants to, like, snuggle up and get all the, all the love. And I just, I feel like a potato. I feel like a potato just, like, has, <laughs> no, yeah, no. It's a great, uh, That's a great analogy. description for just, like, how you feel. Has no identity. It's like a yeah. starchy lump. Yeah. 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 I feel like a starchy <laughs> lump today. <laughs> I'm curious about this and I want to hear kind of how you worked your way through this. But I know for for my parents, the whole process of, okay, now I'm divorced. I've dealt with my emotions on it. Uh, like I'm, I'm in a better place. How do I, how do I get back out there? Right. And I think it's a little different for them because um, they're significantly older, like, right? The, the spot that people are at in their lives at their age is, is different. But I think that's got to be like a really scary process for anybody, right? Getting back out there. How was it for you? It was the single most terrifying thought that I had. Um, I've, I've always been a person who just loves relationships, I love companionship, I love coming home to somebody, living your lives um, in, in unison. And um, yeah, so that's me. So then this happens. And mm-hmm. the... I literally spend way too much time thinking about how um, I'm pe- I'm going to be perceived as damaged goods mm-hmm. and I'm going to dry up and be alone forever because you you were so certain that you were going to be spending your life the rest of your life with one individual so for that to completely change um, and those doors to close and you haven't dated really in your adult life because mm-hmm. I got married when I was 26 I think so I'm like holy fuck well, what, what what is about to, to happen and I was in no place obviously to consider dating right like when it happened um, you have a lot to process first and that's what I would urge people to do is like take the time before you jump into anything um, and yeah I would say that um it, yeah, it's it's very scary, and I was convinced. I honestly thought that I would have to wait um, until. So the average age of divorce in in Canada is like people in their forties, uh, and so I thought maybe I won't have another partner until divorce becomes commonplace. Oh. Um, because who the fuck would want to date me? I'm a divorcee. Like there's a there's a, a reason that 
I'm in the situation that I'm in. Mm. You know, people might not know why, but they might have, a, you know, preconceived judgments. So in a different way, you still kind of felt the the taboo and the discrimination or the stereotype of like the divorced person affecting you a little bit there. Yeah, well, and I didn't know any young divorced people too, right? And so, um, yeah, that feeling sucked. Uh, and to be honest with you, the, the way in which I met my partner was super unconventional and I don't think I would have made the strides that I did if it hadn't been the layout in which it happened. Yeah, like I, I first became best friends with my now partner, um, mm. which, you know, my understanding maybe of like the, the dating world right now is often people either like maybe meet through friends or like online apps and it's a yeah. lot of... Um, just getting to know each other and start dating at a very quick speed. Whereas I had months of becoming best friends with someone and then saying to myself, let's like, let's be fucking real. There's something else going on here. Yeah. I think that's like, that's the dream, like to be best friends first. At least I've had the most fulfilling relationships when that happened versus when I tried to make a connection with somebody and start dating them at the same time, like with apps where you meet somebody and you're like, okay, now we're trying to figure this all out plus build something here at the same time. Yeah. Whereas like you get to just experience the friendship without all of the other stuff and then you're like, oh, this is so cool. I want to like now move it into a romantic relationship. I have not figured out dating at all or relationships in general. And it's interesting that you say like you work better and, or you didn't say you work better, but you said you really like relationships, like you're a companion person. Yeah. Like, and I've always been like hyper independent. So right. it's like a little bit, I think, not my natural state to be in a relationship despite really wanting a relationship. Like it's a, it's an interesting world I'm trying to navigate. What do you two think is the, like a good, what do you do in the time between relationships? Because what I, what I find and what I see often is that, especially when you're in a relationship where you feel like there's a future here and you feel committed and, and or a marriage, right? You, you've pictured, you've been with this person for long enough that you are, are seeing your life as together and you're, you're projecting the future. You don't see anything outside of the two of you that how do you, after between relationships, how do you peel apart and, and figure out you again and what you are outside of that relationship before you go into another one? Like what, how does that in-between space kind of work for you? Because I've never been through that, right? I never lost my individuality. That I was, was just going to say, I, I feel like... Uh... I always have known who I was. And so if anything, that was something that like got me through that transitionary period from relationship to single is I was like comforted by the familiarity of who I am in my own skin. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was okay in that regard. Right. Like I didn't go through like a value shift or, you know, or, you know, what I wanted for my future. So maybe, maybe I'm perceiving it differently because I'm seeing my, um, some people that I know in my life and my, and my family struggle with like, well, for my, my mom, for example, she's been with the same person for 30 years. She has two kids, right? A, yeah. a, a life. And then, so now she's divorced. Her kids are moved out. She's got to figure out what she is outside of totally. a 30 year relationship and two kids. Yeah. 30. She's been, she was married for longer than she's been not married in her life. And so like I took, I can see that struggle and, and, I think maybe it's a different scenario because it is so so big and so deep in that sense, right? But yeah. I'm just always really curious about how how you navigate that. And I think I think what you guys said is is a great 
starting point for that is you need to be true to yourself and just like have your individuality know what your values are yeah right totally something i did struggle with a little bit is just like the habit of reaching out to that person or having the habit of the companionship like going through activities or like oh yeah the conversations it's just like that habit was weird to break because like you default to like doing that and then when you break up and you're not together anymore you're like I but this is so habitual like I don't know how to you're nodding like yeah it it was it was it was bizarre yeah do you want to go big talk small summaries yeah I think we've touched on everything I wanted to talk about what about you Steph yeah I think that yeah, the, what was really important for me was just to acknowledge that this is very much a reality for people. Um, and it's like, it's going to hurt like hell, regard, uh, you know, regardless of the side that you're on. But again, this too shall pass. And, you know, in s- some cases, my case especially, like, it was for the best. I do have a big talk, small summaries question whatever we call that part the thing but do yeah, you have you're really good at that no no no. i'll roll with yours go for it okay like you can approach this as like witnessing a breakup or a divorce or also experiencing it yourself whatever lens you would like to pull from um but what's something you like in seeing that happen in your life breakup what's something you've seen that you would then okay we're gonna try again yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to say, like, what would you bring then forward in your future relationships as, like, okay, I've learned from this, I'm now going to do this, this way, that you're bringing forward as, okay, I this is how I'm going to grow from this. Like, what is that piece in the new... I got one cocked and loaded. Whoa. Are you good? Am I good oh, to go? Did, did that make do. sense, what that I said? It, I think it makes, makes sense. sense. Sorry that it took me... Big question. They, Big us- question, they usually right. are. <laughs> Big talk. Big. Small summary. Small summary. Um, mine's so small this time, which is very not on brand for me. <laughs> I am going to explain it afterwards. So it's making it a bit bigger, but, um, my, my answer to that question is transparency. It's hmm. transparency in, um, you, like, I think my transparency with that my parents had with me, uh, was huge, but also like the transparency with yourself, I think is huge in terms of, we talked about accepting your emotions and understanding your emotions, that it's okay to have those emotions and being transparent with, with yourself that I'm there. That's the space I'm in. And that's fine, right? Negative emotions happen too. Um, transparency is going to, it's, it's huge, especially with yourself. I think that's the biggest point for me is trans, be transparent with yourself about what you're feeling and how you're doing. And, and it'll be okay. This too shall pass. Do you have any word or phrase that's top of mind? I can mull one out too. Go for it. Um, if a relationship doesn't work out, like you're not a failure. I think that that word was top of mind when I was dealing with the trauma. And w- from what I've seen my mom feel, like go through, she, I know that that's something top of mind for her. And um, other relationships that I've seen that have broken up, that seems to be this thing that I've seen folks take on is that like I feel like a failure. And so when I came out the other side of that recovery process being like, at no part was I a failure. Like it just, that's not what was going on. But so I'd say in terms of my word or phrase, it's like, you're not a fa- failure if something doesn't work out. Of course not. You can, you can only control yourself. Someone said to me recently, like, you know, I'm not embarrassed for you. I'm like, I'm not fucking embarrassed for me either. <laughs> <laughs> Hold the fuck up. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Like, I'm embarrassed uh, for that person that they said that. Yeah, I've had somebody say to me, um, uh, somebody asked, oh, are you seeing anybody? And I, I was like, nope. And they were like, Oh, it's okay. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, fuck. 
cool. I didn't need that energy. I wasn't feeling bad about myself, but thanks. <laughs> hey, Danny, are you single? Oh, honey, oh, sweetie. No. Okay. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily what I've, I've learned from going through, you know, a relationship through divorce and then being in a relationship again, but ultimately, um, like, respect is a critical component of of a healthy relationship or marriage i love that yeah i'll I'll leave it at that do we get to do bloopers now Ooh, what does that mean i honestly think all the input coming from my mic has been a bloopers okay (laughs) no i'm kidding bloopers yeah i want to hear what you have thoughts here yeah because we love new segments here on this podcast so i think one of the most uh, the audacity in this situation I'm up uh, in the divorce court, like, room or whatever. So I saw this man kind of lurking around a little bit. And, like, everyone is there basically getting divorced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And this man's lurking around, waiting. And I'm like, okay. Like, I, I notice him out of the corner of my eye. He doesn't really seem like he's up to anything. Yeah. And then I proceed to leave. And I kid you not, the, this courthouse, the escalator feels like um, five stories. Cool. Of like, and I, like, so it's like forever long. And I'm on the escalator. And he's like, you, he follows me out. And he's like, you really caught my eye in there. And I was like, oh, no. pardon me? Oh, my God. And he proceeds while on this, you know, infinitely long escalator ride to ask if he can take me for a drink right then and there. What no. the actual fuck? And no. I, you know, obviously, like, I wish I had a different reaction. I think I was just fucking stunned. Yeah. But I was like, that is the most inappropriate and disrespectful thing you could do to someone like in this position right now yeah. get the fuck out of here yeah yeah it, no that was really oh. that was re- I, that just like you know topped off my like fucking terrible experience oh the wow i was like see sick. you never again building oh, that's fucking brutal yeah i feel like that's like the kind of dude though that's like oh yeah divorcees you know like he's trying to get it's it's a, people like a who fetish, are vulnerable and, and yeah, or vulnerable yeah and yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. That's uh, just straight up icky, and yeah. I just don't like it. Uh, where's that? Someone needs to get me an appointment with that drama suit because that job was on the floor there <laughs> when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you could like do it to your own joke. I could do it to my own okay, joke. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, it's in the bloopers anyway, so if anything. True. Anything, <laughs> I would really like to thank you for joining <laughs> our podcast. And like, I know when I first started talking, much like our other guests, it was a. I don't know what I would talk about. And then when you sent me that message being like, I have some thoughts, it warmed my heart so much because I was like, oh my God, she like wants to. So I really want to thank you for being vulnerable and open to talking about your experience. I think it'll help a lot of people relate and process something they might be going through. Yeah, could not have said it better myself. I, I think you've been in- incredibly fun and articulate to talk to. It's been a pleasure. So thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing with us. Thank you too. I, you know, I thought I was going to shit my pants, but um, I made it. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or feedback, you can shoot us an email by emailing fsmalltalk at gmail.com, reach out to us on Instagram at fsmalltalk, or visit our website, fsmalltalk.com. We wanted to give a big thank you to our lovely and talented friend Ada for the musical considerations. She's an amazing up-and-coming independent recording artist specializing in R&B, pop, and funk. She's available for collabs and shows, so if you liked what you heard, simply hit her up on Instagram 
at AidaSoLive. That's at A-I-D-A SoLive. If you want to hear more of her stuff, you can find her at soundcloud.com forward slash AidaSoLive. That's soundcloud.com forward slash A-I-D-A SoLive. She's amazing, so definitely go check her out. A big thank you also goes out to Lonnie for producing the awesome track you heard. He is an R&B and hip-hop producer who's worked with major artists, including Drake, Beyonce, and Lil Wayne. He's available to work with at his Toronto studio, so if you're interested, simply check him out on Instagram at HitHouseToronto. That's at HitHouseToronto. So again, big thank you to Ada and Lonnie. This podcast was brought to you by us. And also beer. And also coffee. Because what is sleep even? Also, hi mom. Love you.